You're listening to Beyond the Belt, Adventures from the Outer Rim, Season 2, Episode 1, titled The New Team. Original story and music by Jason Nitsch. Enjoy the show. Finally time. If it's today and the time is right now, then it's time for another episode of Beyond the Belt, Adventures from the Outer Rim. As the newly refitted DSCM Protector prepares to leave Space Dock, a brand new complement of ship's crew, personnel, and Colonial Marines await their captain. Badly needed in the Outer Rim, as pirate attacks on shipping convoys rise in frequency and intensity. Time is of the essence, as the new crew finds its footing. My name is Abigail Kelly, captain in the Deep Space Colonial Marines and in command of the starship, the DSCM Protector. We were assigned to the 7th Fleet in the Outer Rim Territories and tasked with keeping the peace in a region of space more akin to the Wild West than the final frontier we were all promised. This was my first time back on the ship since the trial. My first time as captain and my first time meeting a whole new crew. I had the personnel files for the three new squadron commanders open on my console. First, Lieutenant Andrew Brady, nicknamed Scout, was a real Terran, born in Madison, Wisconsin. Says here that he escaped a religious cult as a teenager, joined the DSCM, and has been galloping around the solar system since then. This was his first assignment to the Outer Rim, and he was Alpha Squad's new squad leader. Second Lieutenant Rachel Myers, nicknamed Wizard, had graduated with honors from the Lunar Academy with a tech specialty, but had chosen to forego a cushy assignment in research and development to be a Colonial Marine. Having a tech whiz around was never a bad idea. This was her first squadron command, and she would head Beta Squad. It wasn't unheard of for some highly recruited brainiac to want to hit the beaches with us grunts, but I wondered if there was more to her story. Corporal John Stanton, nicknamed Clanker, had been in more combat than any of the rest of us combined. Mars, Europa Station, the Belt Conflicts, the First Colonial Uprising, and more. Time after time, he declined command of his own squad previously. 
I was told off the record that he requested specifically to be assigned to the protector and to my command. Let's hope he was ready for the assignment. I stopped a moment to remember departed friends and colleagues, lost to the darkness of space. Checked myself one last time in the mirror and headed to the ready room where the new commanders of Alpha, Beta, and Charlie squads were waiting. I stepped into the passageway and before I knew it, I was at the door and on my way in. Everyone stood and saluted as I entered. At ease, everyone. Take your seats. The three of them sat back down almost in unison. I remembered the day I met each of my commanding officers. I was always nervous and like my current squad leaders, eager to show that I was good enough for my position. I moved to the front of the room and met each of their gazes before starting in on the briefing. It's my pleasure to welcome you aboard the Protector. I'm Captain Abigail Kelly. This is my fourth tour of duty with the Protector, and she's a fine ship with solid bones. And she's just been upgraded with the latest in technology and armaments. She's not the shiniest ship in the fleet, but she's seen her fair share of action, and she'll be there for us when it counts. Our current mission parameters set us on a patrol course through the Outer Rim, bisecting Sector 7 several times. Our primary mission is to ensure the safety of commercial shipping traffic through the sector. There's been an increase in pirate activity along the shipping lanes, and we're going to make sure that the bad guys think twice about attacking any convoys this month. As always, we'll be prepared for whatever we run into. You're all here because you belong here. I'm counting on you. Your squads are counting on you. Countless people you haven't ever met are counting on you. Do your jobs, use your training, and remember why you're here, and you'll be just fine. Any questions? Captain, if I may, let me be the first to say that we're all honored to serve with you. Whatever the clown shoes official story was about your last mission, even if half the whispers are true, you're a certified hero. We're proud to be on your team. We won't let you down. There was a trio of nods and gestures of affirmation. I paused for a painful moment before answering. Thank you, Scout. I appreciate the vote of confidence. But remember that you're all here because everyone from my last mission is dead. So I wasn't much of a hero to them. Anything else? I think I took some of the wind out of their sails with a sudden dose of reality. There were no more questions. Departure in 30 minutes. Check in with your squads and make sure everything is 5 by for departure. First squad briefings will be at 1400 hours once we've cleared the outer base perimeter. Dismissed, everyone. I got a nod from each of them.
as the DSCM protector departs for patrol, everyone settles into their routines. Alert status, equipment checks, and preps. Rest and repeat. After a few weeks of uneventful monotony, Captain Kelly is called to the command center. like the chorus of screams coming over the comms to break up a peaceful morning. Jess, what is that? Can you isolate the signal and clean it all up for me? Yes, Captain. It had been an uneventful month out here on patrol. A far cry from my last time out at the rim. Looks like that was coming to a screeching halt. Unfortunately, the distress transmission that we were receiving was garbled, and all I could hope is that we could get a fix on their position and get there in time to be of assistance. Jess, lane a course and put the pedal down. Whatever's going on, it sounds like they need our help. I headed aft to brief the new LT. It was strange to be in a new position on board the Protector, but after a few weeks of the new routine, it was starting to feel a bit more comfortable. As always, we didn't look for trouble, but we were ready for it when it found us. As the Protector and her crew assess the situation and head towards the source of the distress call at the greatest speed possible, an unease permeates the ship as fear of the unknown dominates the discussion. What's the sit rep? Captain, it's strange. I first started seeing them a few hours ago on the scanners. But I thought it was interference from the asteroid belt. Then we got the distress signal. It still didn't make much sense, but the closer we got, the more individual targets I was able to make out. I thought it could be a debris field of some kind, but then I got a close-up view of this. On the center console was a clear image of something no one wants to see out here. You could clearly make out the outline of a human body, floating freely amongst the stars not moving. I didn't need or want to see the empty eyes cross the view screen to know what their status was. How many of these are there floating around out here? Hundreds. I tried counting, but I lost track of them. It's so many that even the computer can't keep an accurate count anymore. There are a lot. Zoom in there. I watched as the image of the chest insignia enlarged until it consumed the entirety of the screen. The insignia on their chest was clear as day and something that was universally known. The image of the ship rocketing away from the sun and the phrase, Non Ducor Duco. I am not led, I lead. 
This was a colony ship. The insignia was synonymous with the fleet of colony ships that probed the outer rim and populated new planets and moons all across the sector. These people were headed out to the outer reaches of space to try and make a better life for themselves and their families. For many of them, they left behind lives of poverty, trials, and misery with hope that they could build a new life of prosperity for their children. They never made it. We were going to find out why. Are you reading any debris or remnants of the ship on the scope? There's a lot of interference and a number of bodies, I presume. Floating around out here makes it difficult to get a clean scan. There are several clusters of slower moving masses that are good candidates for at least part of a ship. Let's make a course for the closest one. Check with the Deep Space Operations Center and see if they're missing any vessels, or if they know about any distress calls received anywhere. Let's at least see if we can find out who these people were and where they were headed. Then we can retrace their steps and start putting this puzzle together. I grab the comms for one of my least favorite duties as commanding officer. Attention all crew. The DSCM protector will now observe a moment of silence in honor of those brave humans who lost their lives here in the pursuit of honor, exploration, and a better future for all humanity. May their spirits live amongst the cosmos and brighten the stars which light our paths for all time, and may they rest in eternal peace. After a moment of silence, I stood there for a moment and took in the enormity of the images that filled the screens. Hundreds dead. So far we had just seen adults, but there would be children too. There always were. They deserve better than this. And if all I could offer was some answer for what happened to them, I owed them at least that much. The trip to the first sensor area was long, slow, and continued to reveal a long trail of more and more bodies floating in the cosmos. A fresh dose of pain hit me on the inside every time I saw someone move past the viewport. Captain, I've got something. Report. It's definitely part of a colony ship, but it isn't nearly big enough. It looks like something sheared it in half. My best guess is that this is the forward decks and the aft portion is missing. It's likely that it fell into another orbit and we'll find it further in the system. Can you bring it up on the view screen? Yes, Captain. I watched the screen zoom in through the chaos towards a huge mass of twisted steel and debris. 
It hardly looked like anything that might once have supported life and been anything that could be used to speed through the galaxy. It was a mess. I'm guessing there are no life signs? No life signs at all. No electronic signatures. No communication signals. Not even the automatic emergency beacons are still active. Have we heard anything back from the Deep Space Operations Center? Nothing helpful. According to them, they have 12 colony ships that are currently active, but none of them were on a trajectory that should have taken anywhere close to this sector. Also, none has missed a scheduled check-in yet. So, according to them, no one is missing. Yet, here we are, staring at the dead remnants of a clearly catastrophic disaster of epic proportions. In the century since man had left, first the confines of Earth, and then the inner regions beyond the Kuiper Belt, hundreds of colony ships departed for destinations far beyond our solar systems every year. Humanity was spreading its wings and populating the galaxy. There had been losses early on, especially as the technology for long-sleep hibernation moved beyond the theoretical and moved into practical use. But... There hadn't been an entire ship of colonists lost in my lifetime. The fact that the operations center didn't immediately spring into action sent a little tingle of suspicion down my spine. That wasn't normal at all. You did tell them that we were literally floating through the remains of a downed ship and a debris field of hundreds of floating bodies? I described the situation in great detail. Yes, ma'am. All right, then. Can you tell if any part of that ship is intact enough to yield any answers? We'll know more when we get closer, but it looks as though the front of the ship may be largely intact, with the bulk of the damage appearing at the rear where the ship tore. That might have left the command deck accessible, but there's no guarantee that the computer systems would be able to retrieve any information after a trauma like this. We'll see. Let's go. In no time at all, we were pulling up alongside the tumbling hulk of the remains of the ship. Damage was a lot worse from this distance than it first appeared. We recorded everything for any investigation that may follow, and made several passes looking for a way inside. Can you zoom in on that panel there? Yes, Captain. I watched as the image shifted and the identity of this cosmic stranger was finally revealed. This was the colony ship, the Phoenix. Now all that we had to do was figure out where you were going, how you got here, and what led to this. Captain, we've got an unknown close contact close aboard, near side of the sector. Just powered up. Must have been inactive and hiding out in low power mode. Looks like they're turning in. Prepare the jump drive, plot a pursuit course, and get ready to chase them down. If they were here and heading out in a hurry, then at minimum, they know something. And I want answers. With the Protector preparing for pursuit and possible combat, Everyone on board springs into action. What happened to the colony ship? 
What part did this mysterious ship lurking in the darkness play in the disaster? What answers would they find when they caught up to the fleeing vessel? Captain Kelly might not like the answers that she finds. for this week. Don't forget to join us next time for another exciting adventure on Beyond the Belt, Adventures from the Outer Rim. <laughs>